What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods. Our audio's back. We're both, you know, back where we should be with actual mics and, you know, not in the middle of Missouri. But, guys, we have a huge week 11 coming. You know, we were talking before the episode, we have no rank versus rank matchups this week, but it's still a big week because the last time that happened, three top 10 teams lost that weekend. So it's up. We're just dubbing this upset week here on the Blue Bloods. We're going to kick it off with pick six, like always, man. We pick six of the best games of the week. Would they be the best games in any other week? Probably not. I can't believe we're about to cover some of these games, but here we are, guys. You tuned in for this. We're giving it to you. We're going to wrap it up, and this is probably the only reason you tuned in today. It is Brandon's Gambling Corner in which Brandon is going to aim to make you some money. Now, listen, if you're one of those people who go out here and follow every one of Brandon's picks, I just want to go ahead and say up front that we are sorry that that is happening and to get you some help. We're going to offer a number at the end of the show to really help you if you're relying on Brandon to make you some money. But we got a full show today, guys. So let's go ahead and kick it off. So, like I said, we're kicking off a pick six. So I don't, we don't even need to enter for this segment, Brandon. Let's just get right into it. We have number 23, Northwestern, traveling to face Purdue. Northwestern is a three-point favorite, Brandon. I, I think I know who you're going to pick here. You were really high on this team. But before you pick them, I'm just going to let you know Rondell Moore is not playing. You know what? I'm I'm upset about that, but I still – and I, I know I should not, Zach. I understand that. But I still believe in Purdue. You know, it, it's a Boilermakers world, and we're just living in it. Um, I don't understand. Like, Northwestern, I get it. They're 3-0. and I don't know if they're good, though. Like, they have one quality win, in my opinion. That's against Iowa. And they beat them by I mean, a point. They also beat Maryland by, what, 40 points? Yeah, but is Maryland good? There were people picking Maryland to beat Ohio State this weekend. Yeah, but there's a lot of stupid people in the world, Zach. And then, jokes on them, COVID beat both of them. Yeah, COVID undefeated. COVID Uh, and bye week, the only only two undefeated teams. (laughs) Listen, guys, we didn't finalize our pick six this week until, what, Brandon, five minutes before we started recording this episode? Like, I won't be surprised, guys. We are ready to do this on the fly. COVID is for sure going to cancel one of these six games. We have backups ready. We're ready to offer an analysis on the fly, so we'll stay tuned for that. But, Brandon, I'm assuming you're picking, you know, Purdue on the back of – you know, you said Rondell Moore's out. I get that, but it has to be David Bell, right? Yeah, she's a straight up stud. I mean, th- well, you heard uh, Pat Pat Fitzgerald called him the best wide receiver in the country. Well, I mean, he's leading his own team in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. I mean, he's beating out Rondell Moore in those categories. Well, Rondell Moore hasn't played this year, my guy. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if he's not beating out Rondell Moore, it's been a long year. You're not beating um, out Rondell Moore. How you feel? I, I also have not played a game for Purdue yet. Well, no, that's, no, it's not my fault. 
I mean, well, I get it. it Bell's really good. This this team has a, a big stable of receivers that are really, really good. But, Brandon, I don't think there's a single running back that can generate any any yards. I mean, they're averaging, what, 94 yards on the ground? And then on top of that, their defense is allowing, what, almost 500 yards per game, and they've played Illinois and Iowa. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you say that. That's all they're averaging, but but they're running back. I mean, if they would give him the ball more, I can't help but feel like he would probably be doing like he'd probably be doing some work. He's averaging I mean, over he's five gotten, yards a carry, but he's gotten forty three carries in two games. Right now, it's like twenty carries a game. I mean, how much Man. work is he going to give this kid? Well, if you, I, I mean, I'm just saying it's not it's not a bad stat line. Listen, when, listen. I just want to say this, Brandon. When your running back's first name is Xander, you're doomed. Go look this guy up because I, look, and I don't want to be any kind of way, but I wouldn't choose him as my running back. Listen, when your running back's number is forty, look, I get it. Forty is <laughs> a slow number. It's a slow number. It, for he's sure. six. He's six. He's six three two thirty from Indiana, and his name is Xander. Yeah, I, I mean, we're we're really just playing a tight end at at, at running back here. <laughs> but it. like. I, I get what you mean because it doesn't help it anymore that Drake Anderson for Northwestern is only rushing – only has, what, 190 yards rushing on the year? So they don't have a rushing game either. For But their rushing game is averaging over 200 yards a game. So apparently they're doing a lot better than Purdue as a group. Maybe they not individually, but as a group. Yeah. They, they just have – they have running back. They have a stable of running backs apparently. So we got the stable of wide receivers in Purdue facing the stable of running backs in Northwest in Northwestern. But Brandon, to say that I'm not really confident in either of these quarterbacks might be an understatement. I mean, Peyton Ramsey, he's got the Jameis Winston ratio right now, three touchdowns, three interceptions. And yes, um, Aiden O'Connell is not doing bad. I mean, five touchdowns, two interceptions, almost 700 yards, but he hasn't been, I guess, overly spectacular. I mean, you just saw this Illinois team allow Graham Mertz to go, what, 20 for 21 for like 250 and five touchdowns? Right. And I was a dumpster fire this year. I mean, even the Children's Hospital can't save them this year. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take it back. No. Uh, It will not be taken back. I mean, Brandon, they're one and two with losses to Purdue and Northwestern, and then they beat a Michigan State team who – is not very good. Let's just, I mean, they lost to Rutgers. Yeah, fair enough. That's tough. But and they also beat I Michigan. That's true, but Michigan's also a, a, a really, really bad team. I was going to say dumpster fire, but not everybody can be dumpster fires. They're just really bad. And Jim Harbaugh's is overpaid, overvalued, overappreciated, and should be um, jobless in college football. But, I mean – the key for me here, Brandon, is I think both these teams have decent offenses, I think. I don't think either of them are just over the top, especially without Rondell Moore for Purdue. But I think the difference is going to be Northwestern's defense is much, much – like they they just have so much more talent than Purdue's defense has. I mean, they're, they're only allowing 12 points a game. I think they've played steeper competition. They've played more games as well as Purdue, and they're putting up better stats. I mean, they have so much more talent. It's going to come down to defense, and defense always travels on the road. I think Northwestern pulls this one out, Brandon. I think they're going to be able to shut down 
the the lack of run game is all going to be on Aiden O'Connell. He's not going to have Rondell Moore, and I think Northwestern has the bodies on the back end to shut down Bell. Okay, so what's your score prediction? <sighs> I got Northwestern twenty-one to twenty over Purdue. Yeah, I think it's a close one too, Zach. But I, I'm you know we've been foreshadowing it all episode. Well, it's only been this one game, but all episode, all still. Um, I'm taking Purdue, um, and I'm taking Purdue 28-24. 28-24. Okay. Well, there you go. But, guys, we're going to go into one of our replacement games. We weren't supposed to cover this game, but COVID had other plans. Uh, we have Arkansas traveling down to Gainesville to face the Florida Gators, number six in the country. Florida's coming off a huge win over Georgia. Arkansas is doing Arkansas things where they're 500 on the year. But Florida is a 17.5-point favorite, Brandon. Are you going with the giant upset from the Razorbacks, or are you sticking with the Gators here? All I'm saying is it's the return of Felipe Franks. So take that as you will. Um, I think 17.5 is a lot of points. I'll say that. You know, Obviously, I think Florida is the much better team of the two. Uh, I mean, they, they, they showed us that, you know, if they, if they didn't show it to us before, um, or at all this season, they showed it to us against Georgia. Uh, they pulled out of a big, big win in Arkansas. I mean, they haven't been bad. I don't think, you know, they, they, they've beaten Ole Miss this year. They've beaten uh, Mississippi state and they've beaten Tennessee. I'm not saying that two out of those three teams are good, but Tennessee was supposed to be good. Right. Um, yeah, they, they, were competitive with Texas A&M and they were also in my opinion competitive with Georgia. I mean, I know that I know the end score doesn't really show that, but I mean, Zach, you watched that game. Um I think that they were competitive, you know, and especially in that first half. And I think that you know, they've been pretty competitive. I mean, they should have beaten Auburn. I'll go and count that up as a win. I'll go and chalk that one up. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Arkansas I think they keep it within that 17 and a half. I think they do cover the spread, but man, this Florida team is just way too good. Do we know, is, is there any update on Kyle Pitts yet? Uh, he's still in concussion protocol. He's questionable, but probably more doubtful than anything this weekend. Yeah. And especially if he's out, then they're definitely covering the spread. Yeah. I mean, the thing that worries me about Florida, man, I mean, with Kyle Pitts being out, I mean, you got you got Kadarius Tony out there. I get it. Trayvon Grom's kind of showed up in the second half last week, but do you really have a go-to target for Trask if Kyle Pitts is out? I mean, and the reason that's important for me is Damian Pierce hasn't been consistent running the ball. You don't have any. I mean, Lorenzo Lingard hasn't been. I don't think he's played this year. So it was like, who do you trust to give the ball to? I mean, what? We saw against AM, Kyle Trask got too focused on Kyle Pitts when they took Kyle Pitts out of the game. Florida became a different team. There was no momentum. There was no consistent drives. The team just looked like the energy was taken out of them. So what happens now if Kyle Pitts isn't on the field? Right. I mean, that's definitely a concern. I just, I don't know. I, I think this Florida team's, I think their defense is way too good. Um, and, and I understand Felipe Franks has been really good on the season. You know, 14 touchdowns, only three interceptions, uh, 1,400 yards through the air. Um, he's been a lot better than he was with Florida, in my opinion. And uh, I just don't – so the main thing that concerns me about Arkansas on this one, not only that they're Arkansas, but uh, Sam Pittman's out, obviously, with, with COVID. Yeah. Um, 
I haven't really heard any other updates. You know, if there's any contact tracing to some players, um, I don't. They have. I don't really think. Believe- I don't. I don't think there is. I think all the players are pretty much available for this game. So it was just Sam Pittman. Um, kind of weird to be honest with you. I mean, that's a. That's not what I was. That's not what I would expect. You know, I would expect that at least some players were out. Right. I mean, I, he didn't have contact with any players. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he definitely did. And this is Arkansas. This is like the, this is going to be like one of the worst cover up jobs that we've ever seen. Um, he's got it, and he was for sure around those players. And so, <laughs> like Arkansas, if you're Arkansas, you have to at least be like, oh well. Our 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 third string tight end was with the coach at one point in the week, so he's out. Uh, you can't just not have anybody out if your head coach has COVID. <laughs> I agree, but I mean, you look at Felipe Franks; he's trying to get revenge on Dan Mullen, but also I think it plays completely against him because Todd Grantham, Dan Mullen played against this dude his whole career. Right? I mean, Dan Mullen coached him up. Todd Grantham played against them every single day in practice. So if there's a defense that's going to be ready for what Felipe Franks does, you have to think it's his Florida defense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think Kyle Trask, he's going to be just as good as always. I, I, don't, I don't think Kyle Pitts will play. I think you're going to see just a lot. I'm talking about a ridiculous amount of Kandarius Tony. I think he. we saw what he could do in the Miami game last year, Brandon, the season opening win. Trayvon Grimes, look for him. Jacob Copeland, these guys have had limited roles, but they they could be big-time players. They're highly, highly rated recruits. I mean, three touchdowns on the year for Grimes already. He's going to have to have a role. But, I mean, it just makes me worry because Malik Davis, the running back, is the, has the third most receptions on the team, Brandon. Right. That's not a good look. And, I mean, you need some younger players like Justin Shorter to step up, Trent uh, Whitmore, someone like that. And I'm not sure, you know, if it could happen. I mean, I, I need uh, Naquan Wright to step up, Malik Davis to help Damian Pierce in the run game. Maybe even see Kadarius Tony get some touches. But for the defense, man, they just have to get pressure. We know what happens when you can get to Felipe Franks, and that's one thing I'm worried about. We thought this – front seven was going to be able to pressure quarterbacks efficiently and often. They really haven't, to be honest with them. I mean, only 15 sacks on the year, Brandon. That's, re- that's really not that much. No, and it's been really underwhelming, you know, this defense that we hyped up so much. Um, and they're they're good, don't get me wrong, but there's definitely more weak spots than we anticipated. Yeah, I mean, they're leading sack guys, someone who we talked about in the offseason would uh, be, mm-hmm. but – I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't like that you called him a sack guy. Okay, their 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 main of uh, their main guy that they trust to get to the quarterback. The player, we'll just go with the player with the most sacks. There you go, uh, Brenton Cox Jr. Man, he was the five star transfer from Georgia. We thought he was going to lead this team in sacks, and he is. But he has two, Brandon. Right. That's that's brutal. And I thought the second year would be a lot better, Brandon. Only four interceptions all year. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and uh, like I said, there's there's a ton of more holes than we anticipated in this Florida defense, and, and they're still getting it done. I mean, it, it's not like they're giving up games that they probably shouldn't, um, you know, with with the exception of that Texas A&M game, and they played very competitively there, and I think Texas A&M's a lot better than we gave them credit for before the season. Yes. But, but I mean, besides that, like this Florida team, they held – 
Ole Miss, who whose offense is pretty or very explosive, I'd say, to 35, South Carolina 24, uh, Missouri to 17, and Georgia to only 28. And Georgia had a terrible outing, but still, they held Georgia and, 28 points. Well, and one of the touchdowns was a pick six, and the other two came in the first, like, eight minutes of the game. Right. So they've really turned it on late. And, you know, that loss to A&M, that loss, I don't know if there's a team in the country that has a better loss than that, outside yeah. of maybe Clemson. Right. I mean, that's a that's a huge loss. I mean, they were 21st at the time, and now you're looking at A&M as a top-five team in the country. Yeah, which is nuts, by the way. Like, <laughs> I not not me. I couldn't have predicted that. No, I I didn't think it was actually going to happen. But guys, I think Kyle Trask is significantly better than Felipe Franks. I think we can all agree on that. I think Dan Mullen and this coaching staff is going to half Felipe Franks's number. I think Arkansas is on the right track. They're on that upswing, but they're not on Florida's level yet. If this game was in Fayetteville, we could be looking at a major upset, but they're not going to go into the swamp and get it done. I have Florida 38-20 to 20 over the Razorbacks this weekend. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty steep. You, know, you are giving them the cover, so that's, that's, that's tough, Zach. I'm going to go with Florida 38, Arkansas 21, because they're not going to cover. Look at you! It's all about it's all about the details on this podcast. Um, we, we bet we bet numbers, not the teams. <laughs> but guys, we're going to the Pac-12. We have number eleven Oregon traveling to Pullman to face the Washington State Cougars. Oregon's a ten point favorite. Brandon, there's a chance of snow, and some think there's a chance of a serious upset this weekend up in Pullman, Washington. Your thoughts on this? Um, I don't know because. It, it's so tough to gauge, especially when, I don't know, this Pac-12 uh, season has been so messed up, right? You know, they just started last weekend. So what do we really know about either one of these teams? Not a thing. That's what I'm saying. And so, like, while we think that Oregon's a good, uh, good team, or we think they might be really good, um, like, what have we seen out of their offense that is, has shown us that? I mean, I know C.J. Verdell is very, very, very good. Um, uh, Tyler Shaw, though, what did he show us last week? He wasn't the most impressive. I mean, I saw some flashes, but he wasn't the most impressive. No, exactly. And so, I don't know. I mean, this one could be a lot closer than people are anticipating. I know Oregon's a 10-point favorite there, but, man – if Washington State, if this Washington State offense can really turn it on, like we know that they can, then uh, this, I don't know. I don't see a situation in which Oregon drops this game, but this game could be a lot closer than we're anticipating. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this game. Um, I, to be honest with them, I, mean, I think there's two young quarterbacks who finally got their chance to shine. They're going to face off this weekend. They're both replacing two quarterbacks that are on NFL rosters right now. One's lining it up out there in LA, but let's start with someone that our listeners might not really know about. I mean, Jaden Delora, I think Brandon, I think this kid is the best quarterback Washington state's had in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a true freshman guys out of Hawaii last week. You know, he played a big game, led the Cougars to a big win. A one I didn't see coming. I thought Oregon State was going to pull that one out. Um, 
He had 227 passing, three total touchdowns, one turnover, 43 yards rushing. But if Oregon can't generate pressure, which they really didn't last week, then Delora has the talent to pull off this upset. I mean, wow. Brandon, last, last week under pressure, his completion percentage jumped up to over 62%. He had 206, two touchdowns, and had a 90.4 PFF grade. And when they got to him, that completion percentage dropped to 33% for 21 yards. Right. And, I mean, in my opinion, we're seeing a totally different Washington State team than we're used to because Mike Leach isn't there anymore. So when he left, so did the air raid. And that's not their offense anymore. You know, now they have a, a running back who looks like he can really it's get the job really done. really good. Like I said, it's it's been one game, and it was against Oregon State. So take that with a grain of salt maybe. But 147 yards on the ground is really good. I mean, I just there was nothing in me that was prepared. I mean, and it's not like it's not like this is his first season at Washington State. Like he's been there. He's he's a senior. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a true senior. I mean, you're talking about Dion uh, McIntosh. I mean, he averaged eight yards a carry. Brandon. I mean, what yeah. like he had one explosive run. This kid can move the ball, and the fact that. He was buried on this roster, and they wouldn't give him the ball. Is mind blowing because this kid's really, really talented. Right, and I will say he had he had that fifty yard run last week or forty nine, but he still had one hundred and forty seven total yards. That means that that means that over um, seventeen rushes, he had ninety seven yard or ninety six. I'm an accountant, and I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, he has he has ninety six yards on the ground through seventeen rushes. I, I mean, this kid can that was a really real bad look. I know. I, I might get fired for that one. I must say, you better hope no one at your company listens to this podcast. Yeah, that was on the fly, man. I'll be honest. That was that was off the dome. I'm not a freestyler. <laughs> but you know what's funny, Zach, is that is that in this one game, like I said, the air uh, the air raid left um, with Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. He had 16 total touches last season. He's had 18 in this one game last week. And he's like, he's already outrushed his like career total just about. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a crazy look, but I want to get to Tyler Shaw, man. You know, we covered the game last week against Stanford. And I get it. He's trying to feel what, Brandon? I think Herbert's what, the second best quarterback ever at Oregon, right behind Mariota? Probably. I mean, you you could argue if his talent is better than Mariota now that they're in the NFL, but I mean, he didn't win the Heisman or you know take them to a natty. But you know, last week he was not the most impressive, but he showed some flashes: two twenty-seven, two total touchdowns, an interception, eighty-five yards rushing. Out of nowhere, I didn't know the kid had wheels like that. But Brandon, he seemed to be so limited in his throws, and I'm really concerned about his ability to stretch the field moving forward because he's going to have to to win some of these games. Brandon, 10-plus yards down the field, so this is 10 to 20, 20 to 30, et cetera, four for nine, one 10, and one interception, and he didn't even have an attempt in three of the six zones that make up that chart. I mean, this, and that was one of Justice Herbert's strengths. I mean, he has such a strong arm. And this kid seems to be more accurate, but I don't know if he has the arm power to really put this offense over the top. And they have playmakers that can get deep, but can this kid hit them? And I, I'm really, really concerned about that. And Shaw, 
as good as you might say he played last week, he has to be better if Oregon's going to be a serious contender in the Pac-12 and or the national landscape, which is what a lot of people are expecting from them. I mean, a lot of people had them in their playoff. That Yeah, that is true. And, and you know, they're going to have to have a way better outing this weekend against Washington State um, than they did last weekend against Stanford. Or, man, it, it could this could turn south real quick for the Ducks. Absolutely. And C.J. Ferdell, he has to be good. I mean, he's coming off two straight 1,000-yard seasons. He has the size to run between the tackles. He has the speed to burn teams on the outside. But he's going to have a tough matchup against Deion McIntosh, man. This kid is going to be – I think I think the running game is going to be a sneaky key for Washington, uh, Washington State moving forward. I think he's going to shock some people. But, Brandon, the key unit to watch for me is this, is this Oregon defense. I mean – they allowed over 400 yards of total offense to Stanford. Right. And it was a bend-but-don't-break approach, plus Stanford made a lot of mistakes, missed a lot of field goals. I mean, Washington State is going to bring a much more versatile offense than Stanford against the Ducks this weekend. Delora is a way more dynamic quarterback uh, you know, than what they faced last week, so they, they're going to have to be ready to play this weekend. And if this defense doesn't live up to the hype, and and Tyler Shaw doesn't get just a little bit better in his second game, I think the Cougars could pull this one out. I mean, it, it's definitely feasible. Um, I'm not going to count that out as a possibility. I still think Oregon's going to take this one, Zach. I do too. I mean, I'm, I think Oregon's going to be in for a serious test. And listen, the Cougars have been known to pull upsets on these cold, long Pullman nights. But I, like you said, I think the Ducks are too talented. I do think it's a close game, all game. I think Oregon has to pull it out late. I have Oregon 34-28 over the Cougars this weekend. Ah, you got Washington State covering. That's nice. I'm going to go with Oregon. I I have to believe that Washington State has to be better than Stanford. So I'm going to go with Oregon 34-28. To Washington State, twenty-four. Oh, a push! You're gonna pick predict push. the push. I, push. I'm, I wouldn't bet on this game. You're such a mush. Um, over I it. don't know. Well, maybe I went two and one last week. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, guys. We're gonna move on here back to the ACC. We have the number two. Shocking! I'm saying that. Notre Dame Fighting Irish traveling to Boston College this weekend for a 2.30 matchup on ABC. Brandon, any hangover for the Fighting Irish here, and can the and can the Eagles pull this one out? Yeah, Zach, um, I, I've been trying to figure out. I, tell me if I'm pronouncing this right. Is this is this a uh, trap game? Is that what you yes. call this? Yeah, I think a trap so. game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know. The next matchup that Notre Dame has is going to be against North Carolina in two weeks. Or it's on a Friday? Why are they playing on a Friday? Anyway. Um, what? Notre Dame. It's the 14th. No, 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 no. After Boston College. Oh, after. Okay. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, no. this game's all Saturday at 2.30. No. They're playing North Carolina um, in, in, well, two weeks from tomorrow. They're playing that Friday, um, but you know Notre Dame's coming off of a of a huge win over Clemson. Understatement, uh, and yeah, and so they're they're feeling themselves for sure. You know they're number two in the country. Um, 
that's a that's a game that that Notre Dame normally won't win. You know, that, that's just that's just how kind of they are or how they have been for the past what probably twenty years. They'll just drop games uh, when they matter most. Um, they're probably looking forward to this North Carolina game, and just a little bit. You know, I guess it does help that this game is two weeks out still. But Boston College, you know, it, it's really easy to look over this team, and I don't think they're a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's a really good team. I mean, keep in mind, this team played Clemson super close and they lost the game in the fourth quarter. Notre Dame took that Clemson, that same Clemson team with, I think they ended up losing more. Uh, They took them to overtime. So I think this is going to be a really good matchup actually. And I think, I think to have this spread at 13 and a half is absolutely insane, especially when this game is in Boston. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and you, know, you could point to some of the close games Boston College has. It's just, it's tough to get a read. I mean, they have a struggle win over Syracuse. They almost beat Clemson on the road. They blow out Georgia Tech. They get destroyed by Virginia Tech, who just lost to Liberty last weekend. And then it takes OT to beat a pit team that's having some problems. Right. I mean, it's like, wow, what, what can you take away from this Boston College team? And it's, it's really hard, but Brandon, I, you know, we did cover it in the recap episode. You know, we had a lot of other stuff going on, but I have to ask you before we get deep into this game, what do you think about the president condemning the students? Pardon? Uh, what do you think about the president condemning the students oh, who stormed about, the about field? The Notre Dame, about the Notre Dame. Um, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I think about just people in general uh, condemning the students. I don't, I don't Go know. ahead. <laughs> I think, put them on. Put, put them on the hot seat. This I, is hot seat watch from Brandon. I think this. I think it's really stupid to to put to to criticize these students after this huge win. You know, these students that are already in the stands together, and, and I get it. You know, they're trying to separate them, but do you really? I mean. I've been to football games this season. Do you really think that that they're going to be able to separate these people as much as they hope they could? You know, LSU has no tailgating going on, and I have a no tailgating sign in the room I'm recording in right now. I, I mean, people uh, people are going to do what they want. People are going to live in the moment, especially college students. And if storming the field is what you do when you beat the number one team in the country in, in this Clemson who is building a dynasty, then I'm all for it. I think maybe storm the field. I get it. There's COVID and it's very serious and I'm not undermining it. or I'm not trying to undermine it here, but man, come on. Notre Dame just beat the number one team in the country and you're going to cry over students storming the field. Students that were already sitting close together, students that share classes all day. You're going, you're going to complain about that. Yeah. I mean, and how about like in the people on like the national news channels, saying that it was like a culture issue with college football. Like, you know, it blows my mind that, like, there's people who have platforms like that that could say stuff like that. I mean, you're talking 18 to 22-year-old kids. I mean, Brandon, and I posted it on my – it was my Facebook or something. I posted a – I retweeted or whatever a picture of the storm in the field, and someone commented was like, all I see is a bunch of COVID cases, like, da 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 And I'm like, okay, well, listen, if Auburn – would have beat Clemson and Jordan Hare and I would have been there. I, the Black Death wouldn't have stopped me from storming the field after that game. Yeah, and do what uh, you have to do. I mean, if you if you storm the field and it, I mean, I feel like that's somebody's personal choice. 
then maybe it could be your personal choice to make self quarantine if you if you think that you may have COVID, or maybe get yourself tested and see if you're test positive for COVID. I mean, right. I'm, but and I don't, well, I, don't then, see, I don't see the immediate harm in in rushing the field if if you're responsible about it. I mean, if you're wearing a mask, you're outside. Then what's I mean? I don't I don't understand what the big deal is. Right, and then no, no players from Notre Dame tested positive for COVID this week. Right, and and, and that was like the whole thing. Colleges, like, <laughs> and these colleges are testing people; they're testing students. Zach, you've been tested at, at school. I was tested. I was tested today at two thirty. Like these colleges are testing students. They have they have all these uh, testing sites around campus. And do you think that they would be allowed to go to these football games if they tested positive? No, absolutely no. not. So, so if no one has tested positive that's there and they storm the field, what's going to happen? Is is, co- is COVID going to appear? <laughs> I mean, I'm on your side. Like, I just thought it, it's ridiculous that people can make a career out of literally ch- like chastising kids for just being excited. Right, this blows my mind, man. But we'll get back to the game. But yeah, I've totally forgot we had to. Cu- I, I meant to ask you about that last episode, but we were just—it was crazy. But I mean, Brandon, I think this game is going to come down to which quarterback can have a big game. Is it is can Ian Book keep the magic going, or can Phil Jerkovic c- keep his momentum going? I mean, this this dude has fifteen passing touchdowns, over two thousand yards, and only four interceptions. He's really, really good. I, you're not you're not lying, and I mean Ian Book. He's not really a big. He's he's not really he, he won't throw the ball a lot. I mean he has fifteen hundred yards, eight touchdowns, but only one interception. That's really really good. But which quarterback can take care of the ball? Which quarterback can make the plays down the field? We've already talked about both these guys struggling to push the ball down the field, but Jerkovich's level of difficulty is much much higher than Ian Book's. This Boston College defense is not very good. And you look at the Notre Dame secondary, they got some dogs back there, man. I mean, <laughs> Kyle Hamilton's back there ready to knock someone's head off. And you saw that these players can make plays when needed. And I'm really worried that Phil Jerkovic, the moment is going to be too big for him. And this is also his revenge game, Brandon. Let's not forget, we mentioned Felipe Franks going to Florida. Well, Jerkovic is a transfer from Notre Dame, so you know all the pressure and all the odds are going to be on how he plays this weekend. Right, I agree. Uh, I absolutely agree with you, Zach. Um, the one thing that I would point to in this game is that Phil Jerkovic or Jerkovic or why why can no announcer agree on how to pronounce any quarterback's name? By the way, why is <laughs> yeah we we have nineteen different pronunciations for everybody. Yeah. And so anyway, um, he's going to have to, he's really going to have to come to play this weekend because like you said, this Notre Dame secondary, I mean, they are nasty and that's just this Notre Dame defense all around. Really? Uh, I mean, Notre Dame is playing the best big 10 football I've ever seen in the ACC where their run game is unstoppable. Their defense is incredible. And and, I mean, that's tough to beat. That's really tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, you look, like I already mentioned, Kyle Hamilton leading the team in tackles with 36. Um, you know, Drew White at linebacker over 30 tackles. Sean Crawford at safety is up there. Uh, Tariq Bracey at cornerback. Nick McLeod at cornerback. These guys are all so talented. And that 
that D-line just absolutely blows me away every time. You look at Isaiah uh, Foskey with three and a half sacks. Uh, you know, they have so, so much talent at almost every level of this defense. And the biggest thing for me, Brandon, they're all disciplined. They all play physical. They all play fast. And I feel like a defense like this has been missing since Notre Dame made the championship back in 2012. We haven't seen an elite defense like that in Notre Dame in a long time. And I think that's why this team's having so much success. I mean, Ian Book's not a quarterback that is just going to put the team on his shoulders and throw for 400 yards. Yes, Kyron Williams is a great running back, and I think he'll probably be the X factor this weekend. More on that later. But I think this defense deserves the most credit for this Notre Dame team being 7-0 and and number two in the country. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. This defense is incredible. And Brandon, I mean, Kyron Williams, I don't, uh, we talked a lot about him on the recap episode last episode, but I don't think enough can be said about this kid. I don't know where he came from. Um, I, I didn't see this happening, but this kid as a sophomore has absolutely taken the country by storm. I mean, only four carries last year, Brandon. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's really shown us that, I mean, he's a very reliable running back. Yeah, I mean, 740 yards, almost six yards of carry, 10 touchdowns, has some catches. I mean, this kid, any single, anytime he touches the ball, can go to the house. And I think and, he is. Let's go ahead. And, and you know what's crazy is that every single time he touched the ball uh, against Clemson, I mean, you just knew he, he was good for five yards. You knew that he was good for that first down if they were, if, if it was second and, and maybe medium to long. I mean, he. He is carrying defenders with him. He's big. He's fast. And he can, I mean, he gets the job done. I mean, he's, he's 5'9", but he's 5'9", 195. He's, he's a stocky guy. I closely couldn't seem to tackle him last weekend. I mean, I put a lot, a lot of the credit on him last week. And, Brandon, the thing that gets me about this matchup is, can Boston College get any pressure on Ian Book? This offensive line for Notre Dame is legit. I know they were ranked first in um, the NCAA coming into the year. We talked about them on the ACC preview episode. We've talked about them a thousand times. This offensive line might have exceeded expectations. They have, and you know it's funny that you say that because um, I'm not I'm not sure that Boston College really has a defense. I'm, I'm just not. Um, they definitely don't have a very good um, passing. They really don't have a really good rushing defense. Their passing defense is better than the rushing defense. Or, yeah, the rushing defense, for sure. Uh, and that's not a good matchup when Kyron Williams is coming to town off probably his best game oh, of all time. Not only him, but Ian Book, who gets it done on with his legs. I mean, I don't know. This is going to be bad for Boston College. Boston College is going to have to score 50 points to beat Notre Dame this weekend. Well, Brandon, are you picking Boston College to score 50 and pull the upset? Oh, absolutely not. I'm going with Notre Dame, and I think I don't even think Notre Dame has to score that much. I, I think I'm going with Notre Dame 35, Boston College 14. Oh, I like it. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. I had trouble picking this game. I think, Ky- like I said, Kyron Williams is going to run for a million yards. I think he's the X factor, Brandon. I still think it's a lot closer than this. I think Not- I have Notre Dame 31 to 28 over Boston College. All right, I like it. Uh, close one here, but let's go on to uh, – uh, listen, uh, before I even announce the matchup, Brandon, listen, I know it's 2020. It's COVID and all. I get it. 
But what in the literal hell is going on with a top 10 team being an underdog to a three loss team? When in the hell is that allowed? And let me announce, sorry, number nine Miami Hurricanes traveling to Blacksburg to face Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is a two point favorite, two and a half point favorite, and they lost to Liberty last weekend, Brandon. I don't, well, Liberty's good, so, so keep the name out your mouth. But, (laughs) but you know how I feel about Virginia Tech. They're frauds. They're frauds. They're frauds. They're frauds. And if you didn't hear me, they're frauds. Um, so that's why they're the favorite in this game. I don't understand it either. I mean, they lost to Liberty. They they have not won back-to-back games this season. And you have Miami riding a three-game win streak in which last weekend, Derek King might have played his best game of his career. Right. And you're going to tell me Virginia Tech's a two-and-a-half-point favorite? I, I, who's setting spreads? Go, I need go, to know. Go make What's your money because, because Miami is plus 110 right now uh, or at the time of recording. Uh, maybe maybe when we release this at midnight, they won't be. Uh, but if you're listening to this at midnight, they probably will be somewhere around that. So go ahead and place your bets if it's legal. Is that your lock of the week? I think it's going to have to be. Can I lock it in right now? at plus Lock it in right now. I'm locking it in right now. Plus 110 for Miami. I'm, I'm texting to you right now. That way I don't forget because I forgot my lock of the week last week. God, man. But listen, this these teams have an interesting matchup, Brandon. I think the quarterback matchup is going to be spectacular. I mean, you have De'Aaron King versus Hendon Hooker. Which quarterback is going to be able to make the plays needed to win the game? They have turnovers. I mean, who can avoid turnovers? Who can bank more plays with their legs? Both these guys are dynamic. And who can sustain drives and keep the ball out of the other's hands? That's going to be a major focus for me. And listen, King has played well this year. I mean, outside of maybe two inconsistent weeks against Pitt and Clemson, in which he had four interceptions combined. But this past weekend, Brandon, he threw for over 430 yards, five touchdowns with no turnovers, and had a 92 QBR. Oh, wow. That's, that's spectacular. And if King is playing at his best, then I don't. Then I, I really think the Hurricanes are really one of the best teams in the country. Um, you look at the loss last week. I don't think you could put that on Hendon Hooker. He played an outstanding game. He had oh, he had what over? He had like three sixty total yards or a little bit more than that. Four total touchdowns, no turnovers. He was consistently one of the best players on the field. This game being in Blattsburg also bodes well for Hooker. Because he's played excellent at home this weekend. Brandon, his completion percentage jumps up to 74%. He he's, gets over 330 yards passing and four touchdowns, no turnovers at home. I mean, that's insane. I mean, it's pretty elite. Hooker offers more on the ground, I think, Brandon, with his legs. He's a lot more explosive scrambling than King is. But I think King is much more dynamic through the air. So who is going to force the game into their wheelhouse is it going to be who can throw the ball further better more accurate king's going to win that almost every time but hendon hooker can make plays on his legs i mean and hooker last matchup that he last time he played miami lit the hurricanes defense up for a big win so that's something to watch for and brandon speaking of the run game how about khalil herbert versus cameron harris what a matchup on the ground but brandon i don't know if you know this can you let me know what happened to Cameron Harris? Uh, I think uh, did did he fall off a cliff or something? Brandon, he he has not had a 100 yard game since the Louisville game. 
That's tough. That is that is not a great look. He rushed for like 232 in the first two weeks. Brandon, he, he's only at 408 for the season right now. Yeah, he had three yards against Clemson. That's fun. Woo! <laughs> he had eight yards against Virginia. That's stout defense in Virginia. <laughs> he's headed back this weekend. Um, but, yeah, that's a bad look. Uh, but Khalil Herbert, Brandon, I don't know about you. He's the most surprising player in the ACC thus far in 2020. Yeah, I, I mean, he's played – I mean – very, very well. What he he has set, he has almost eight yards of carry when he's playing in the top twenty five this year. I mean that's fantastic. I mean he's just I, I can't believe how good this kid is. I I think he has the advantage in this matchup, but the Canes that's got to be their key. They have to slow down Herbert because if Herbert gets going and you lose focus on Hendon Hooker, it's going to be a long night if you're facing Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. They're going to run it up on you. They are going to run it straight up on you. But, Brandon, I don't know about you. Has Miami found a wide receiver yet that you can trust? No, no, not really, like at all. I mean, maybe maybe Mike Harley, but not really. <laughs> he said, ooh, that's a, that's a bad question, but – I mean, I, I don't really know what to think about this matchup because I think King and Hooker are really good. Cameron Harris has been inconsistent. Khalil Herbert has been amazing. Neither team has a true, real wide-receiving threat that worries me. But my thing is, is can this Miami defensive line play like they did to start the season? Maybe. Because that defensive line was unstoppable against Louisville, against Florida State, against some of these early teams. But they really haven't changed the game since then. Right. And I think they're going to have to play outstanding because I think this Virginia Tech team is going to be upset because, I mean, I don't know how many of you guys watched the Liberty game. Virginia Tech should have won that game. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. They're still they, blocked, they, they block a field goal, but somehow a timeout was called right before that. Coach called it. Stupid stupid timeout. Tried to stupid ice timeout. It never works. Yep, they block it, take it back for a touchdown, but then it comes back, and he makes the field goal and to win the game. But like you said, Brandon, Liberty's actually really good. Hugh Freeze is out there doing work. But, Brandon, I, I really, really cannot believe that Virginia Tech's the favorite here. So I guess I am not picking the favorite. I'm going with the spread. I have Virginia Tech winning this game, and I have Virginia Tech covering Virginia Tech 38, Miami 34 in Blacksburg this weekend. I like it. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Miami, uh, and I'll probably go Miami. I hope their defense shows up, and I hope they can stop the run. I'll go with Miami 28, Virginia Tech 24. I like it. I like it. Now you see, you're going with the underdog. You got away with picking an underdog, even though they're not really an underdog, but it's fine. Sure um, last game of the weekend, guys. We have number thirteen Wisconsin traveling to Ann Arbor to face the Michigan Wolverines, who are who are just reeling right now. Uh, Wisconsin is a four point favorite. Brandon, is your team going to make a comeback after not playing for like it seems like the entire year? I uh, man. I hope so, but I, I don't know. Um, the only the only positive thing I can think of right now, because Graham Mertz won't be playing, is is that they are playing against Michigan, 
and that's always that's always a bright spot. That's always a that's always a light at the end of the tunnel, right? When you when you show up to the big house with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach in 2020. I mean, you have to look forward to that. Uh it's gonna be. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I'm this game was so hard to predict. There's so much you could look at. I mean, Wisconsin, right? It's, when they kick off Saturday, it will mark the 22nd straight day Wisconsin has not played a football game. That's insane. And Michigan, they're trying to avoid a three-game losing streak. Which I kind of hope they keep it going. Like, I kind of hope they keep it going for, like, a few more games. Oh, that's tough. But, Brandon, the only storyline that matters here is Graham Mertz going to play? Um, or is Chase Wolf going to be making his first start for the Badgers? As of today, about 2 o'clock, um, when Paul Christ had his um, – Press conference, Mertz is still in the COVID protocol, and technically, Brandon, his 21st day will be Friday, which is technically the day he can return. I'm listening. So he could play, but that's if the coaches feel like he's practiced enough. I don't know. I kind of like this Wolf kid. I mean, I know that for over a year now, I've I've been on the Graham Mertz train, and I think since the first episode of the Blue Bloods, like, I've been heavy on the Graham Mertz train, but man, when your last name is Wolf and you're a quarterback in the Big Ten, like, feed me more. I, I need more of that. Inject it straight into my veins. I, I need a main line of quarterbacks with the last name that of, of animals. Like, not even last names, just any name. Like, like who is it? Uh, Boise State, Hank Bachmeyer. What a strong name. But his brother's names are Buck and Bear Bachmeyer. Like inject. I mean that that's that's the that's the best quarterback name I can think of is Bear Bachmeyer or Buck Bachmeyer <laughs> or Dakotas. Is that the LSU? Oh, Dakotas Crawford. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be at Baton Rouge next year. Don't worry. That's a fire name. <laughs> that is a fire name. Or Big Cat Bryant at Auburn. Oh, also yeah. a fire name. But um. Paul Chris said all the tests are done for Mertz. It's just if the coaches decide he's practiced enough and is ready to play a full game. Um, I mean, Mertz was the best quarterback in the Big Ten the first week they played, 20 for 21, 255 touchdowns. It's going to be an X factor, Brandon, because because Mertz probably makes Wisconsin a huge favorite, while his while his absence really makes this game a toss-up. Also, so Zach, we don't know. Do we, do we really think that Graham Mertz hasn't already been practicing? Oh, he probably been, definitely has. Absolutely, right? I, I would hope so. I hope you don't just throw him out there. Right. But the matchup to watch is, 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 I really don't know what to think about this matchup. It's the Wisconsin defense against the inconsistent Michigan offense. This Michigan offense was unstoppable for one week, Brandon, but had two terrible performances after that. Um. They were able to do whatever they wanted against Minnesota, but the run games disappeared. We talked about that. They put that put unnecessary pressure on Joe Milton, who did not respond well. In case you didn't know what we were talking about, 13 total yards of rushing last week against Indiana. That is what we got. Um, and for me, Brandon, Joe Milton has been inconsistent. He's failed to lead, the off, the, lead this offense in this losing streak, and his accuracy downfield has been horrible. Brandon, 20-plus yards down the field, 22% completion right. percentage. Right. And 
this Wisconsin secondary is too good for that limited, pa- uh, you know, passing attack to to really attack them. I mean, you can't throw underneath because these safeties are going to eat you up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, you have Eric Burrell, Colin Wilder, two of the best safeties in the Big Ten, and Eric Burrell was on my list for one of the best returning players in the conference. I expect them to make Joe Milton's weekend one to forget. And, Brandon, we've seen Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator from Wisconsin, have Michigan's number, have Jim Harbaugh's number in the past, especially if you look at last year's beatdown in, in, uh, in Wisconsin when, I mean, it was, what, 35 to 14? It was really like 35 to nothing. I mean, they, they just murked Michigan. Yeah, right. They absolutely did. I mean, and, Brandon, my biggest question of the weekend is, can the Badgers find their next great running back this weekend? Uh, you – you have to hope so because their showing against against Illinois was uh, not great in the run was game. Suspect Garrett Groshek is is that is that their running back's name right now? Yep, that's and the leading rusher last game. Off. He has a mullet. Like how is he? How is he the leading rusher? Listen, I'll give you a name to look out for. Nakia Watson is going to be. The name to watch out for this weekend. He's explosive. The kid is an every down back. He's looks just like the other Wisconsin greats. He has 62 yards rushing in their first game, but he's going to have to step up this game. I think he can. So look out for Watson to be the next big, you know, back. But Brandon, I mean, I, I got to hear, like, what are you looking for in this game? And what's, what do you think is going to go down? I mean, well, first of all, we definitely have to hope that if, well, if you're a Wisconsin fan or if you're pulling for Wisconsin here, then you have to hope Graham Mertz is back because I don't know if I trust uh, the true freshman backup that much. I get it. Graham Mertz is, what is he? He's a true sophomore now. Uh, I don't think he redshirted last season. He may have, but I'm not sure if he did. Um, You have to hope that this run game uh, really does show up and you have to hope that this defense shows up like they did against Illinois. Now, what we know about this Wisconsin team is that they played a very, very, very good game against Illinois. The same Illinois team that just dropped a game to Minnesota 41-14. to And we know how bad Minnesota's been this year. Um, I'm not saying Michigan's a great team. I'm just saying they're, they're a lot better than Illinois is, I think. Uh, and so Wisconsin, I mean, after a couple weeks of break, they're really going to have to show up here. Um, they can't take this one for granted. I know Michigan's looked really bad, uh, and I know Wisconsin looked good in their last showing. But man, this this could be a trap. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this could be a trap game for Wisconsin. In any other year, this wouldn't be a trap game, but it might be a trap game. <laughs> it definitely could be. I mean, we saw what Memphis, we saw Cincinnati, we've seen Tulsa, we've seen Oklahoma State. All these teams that have had canceled games have played real sloppy coming out. Well, yeah, of their of their break. I mean, and I don't think anybody's had a longer break than Wisconsin. Yeah, well, besides the entire Pac-12, that that's a fact. That is, I forgot about that. That's tough. But guys, I think the Wolf, Wolf, Wolverines are going to go all out for a win this weekend. Brandon, the Badgers are just going to be itching to play a game. Here's an interesting stat, Brandon. The Badgers have not won in Ann Arbor since 2010. Yeah, I, I think I think they absolutely in that streak, Zach. Um, Wisconsin, I think regardless of whether they have Graham Mertz or not, wins this game. I, I think Michigan's going down a really tough road right now. Um, 
you have to think after, I mean, after this kind of start of the season that Jim Harbaugh is losing the locker room, right? Um, these players probably aren't as determined as they were to start the season. And this might be a tough game for, uh, for Michigan. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I got Wisconsin taking this one 24 to 14. Wow. Low scoring. I'm going to go with, uh, Man, I feel like I choose the same numbers every game. I'm going with Wisconsin 35, Michigan, I'll say 31. Like it, a high-scoring game. But, guys, that is a wrap on pick six. Um, We got Brandon's Gambling Corner now, week 11. <clears throat> we, I, we should go back and see how you've done. No, no we, gambling corner. we should not. We absolutely should not. What do you think? Give, give just give an honest guess. Like, like, what percentage of picks have you gotten right? I'd say I've probably gotten close to forty percent right. Like, that's maybe. not bad. That's no, not it's bad. Not, it's not good. You know, depending on where you put your money, you're still losing money there. I think that's fair enough. But guys, it is your favorite segment. We're going to kick it off with Super Dogs here, and you know what? We switched it up this week. Brandon, we have group of five Super Dogs. Oh. We have East Carolina plus 27 and a half over Cincinnati. Will they cover it? And is there any chance of an upset? No chance of an upset, but yeah, I think they cover that. Uh, East Carolina is not a bad team if, you, if you've been paying attention. So yeah, I think I, I don't think there's a way that Cincinnati wins this game by four scores. You don't think so? I mean, they beat. Okay, they definitely, what, some, they definitely could, but I think East Carolina is going to cover that. Take East guys, take Cincinnati. Brandon is fooling himself. That's tough. That is so tough to pick a spread that's four touchdowns wide. That's true. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll lower it this next time, Brandon. Troy, a 10 and a half point underdog to Coastal Carolina. Um, I'm, I'll say Coastal Carolina probably covers that. I think they can. The game is, the game is in Troy. That doesn't matter. Troy, Troy, you think Troy has a home field advantage? Ask oh I guess they came to LSU but yeah, they came to LSU stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, this one's a little personal for you, Brandon. In no, two ways, no. we have South Alabama plus fifteen and a half point underdogs to Louisiana Lafayette. Uh UL. There's no chance UL uh, covers that spread. UL wins every game by like a touchdown or less. So I think South South, Pol- South covers, but they don't they don't win. Okay. I was about to. I was about to ask. I was like, "You think they got upset?" Brewing? Absolutely not. All right, guys, we're moving to money lines. We switched up the conferences this week. Pack twelve underdog money lines, Brandon. You got to take the money line and the complete upset. We have Oregon State plus four ten over Washington. Ooh. Um. No, Oregon State's bad. And we don't know we don't know about Washington yet because their game against Cal got canceled. But um, what we do know is that Oregon State's probably not just not a good football team. Baseball that's a different story. Very good baseball team. Baseball if there's a spread with Oregon State plus four ten in baseball unless they're playing Vandy, take it. Yeah, take it. Um, UCLA plus one forty over Utah. Oh man, that one's tough. I think I'd take. I think I'd take UCLA. I, I don't. I don't want to, but this seems like one of those games that they would win. Okay, I like it. Cal plus one fifty four over Arizona State. 
this game is going to get canceled on Friday. So maybe maybe just don't bet on that. If there's a line, maybe if you can bet on the line that this game might get canceled, do that. Um, we got COVID plus 300. COVID plus 300. I don't know a thing about Cal except for they, they cancel games over one COVID case. So, uh, no, they, there's no way they win. All right. Arizona plus 420 over USC. Nope. Nope. Keaton's going to pull it out. He said, Keaton's my boy. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> All right, guys, that is your Pac-12 money lines over and unders. Brandon gets crazy on these. Let's go. Army, Army Tulane over under 47 and a half. I knew it was going to be low. Under. Under? Under so 47? Far. So Ooh. far under. Okay. Georgia, Missouri, 48 and a half. Oh, over. that was canceled. Nope, that oh, one is canceled. It I forgot over. it canceled during the podcast. It would have been over. Um, TCU, West Virginia, 45 and a half. TCU, Virginia, 45. No, West Virginia, my bad. Oh, West, West Virginia. Virginia. I was about to say, that's out of conference, my man. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're like, who scheduled that game? <laughs> this is this is still Big 12, and I know that that both of these teams, uh, like they're the they're the outliers, and they some they have kind of a defense. Um, I'm still gonna go. I have to go with over. It's the Big Twelve over. I like it. I like it. Vandy, Kentucky, forty-two and a half. Oh, that's that's so mean. That's so mean to do to Vandy. Um, over because Kentucky's going to score forty. I like it. Wake Forest, North Carolina, sixty-six and a half. Ooh, I don't know because I haven't really been paying that much attention to Wake Forest. Can, do they have an offense? Kinda, I mean, Sam Hartman's decent, but Sage Surratt opted out, so their offense is kind of limited there. But I mean, they right. can score. They can score. I'm a ah, sixty-six and a half. So much though, I'll go with under. Under, okay. Louisville, Virginia, sixty-six and a half as well. Louisville, Virginia, under. Under, yep. South Carolina, Ole Miss, seventy-one and a half. Over, over. Oh, okay. Temple. UCF seventy five and a half over UCF might score sixty. <laughs> God, dog. All right, guys. To wrap up the show here, Brandon's heart segment. Oh, we, we started it last week. This, this is where Brandon week. cringes. Oh, it's every week from now on. Southern Miss plus four and a half point underdogs against Western Kentucky. If you want to take the money line. Your Southern Miss Golden Eagles are plus 176. That's so enticing. Uh, Western Kentucky, I don't even think it's good, but Southern Miss, very bad. They almost lost North Alabama last weekend, Zach. And I'm did I mention that on the last episode? No, you did not. But I know yeah. on the last episode on the last preview episode, you said they were going to dominate. I yeah, no, because I almost I almost took North Alabama. Remember, I said they wouldn't cover the spread, and they didn't. Um, they did not. Western Kentucky's really bad. Uh, yes, I'm taking the money line. Southern Miss. 176. Over under 48 and a half. Um, under. Under. Ooh. Well, oh, okay. Western Kentucky scored six points last week, Zach. That's true. That's a good point. And Southern Miss can't do anything other than give it to Frank Gore Jr., and that's still not a good option. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Last one, Brandon. COVID versus LSU. LSU is a 28-point underdog to COVID. The money line is plus 10,000 for LSU. Uh, what's the money line for COVID? 
<laughs> we need to set one because we know who's going to win this. Okay, well, LSU's going to lose. LSU's not going to win another game this year. I hate to say that they're not going to, especially over under COVID. The over under for the game is fifty three, which is the amount of players LSU didn't have for this week. Oh, under, I'm going under. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, right now, if the game was happening, Brandon, when the game got canceled. LSU was a twenty-eight and a half point underdog to Bama. <laughs> would would you have taken that? No, 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 no. Um, I, they started out at twenty-two, and and this game got canceled. What did it get canceled yesterday? Or it got yeah. canceled on well, Tuesday? But, so the well, line but, the line opened on Monday. It closed on Tuesday. And it, <laughs> well, listen, what happened is the report that Miles Brennan was out for a year and that LSU was doing a punter at quarterback broke before the game canceled. So the line was headed to 30. Well, he's the second string quarterback, Zach. Let's get that straight. But um, yeah, no, nah, I mean, they, they there's no chance they would have gotten anywhere close Alabama. What if they were fully healthy? Like you had the day one roster, no injuries. Would they cover 28 on the uh, at home against Alabama? Do we get Jamar Chase? No. Can well, can you give me Jamar Chase? Okay, if I give you Jamar Chase, would then y'all yes. cover twenty eight? Yes. Would you take the Would you take the win? No. <laughs> no, no, no chance. No. Well, we still have Bo Pelini's defense. That's fair. So if I gave you Bo Pelini's defense and Joe Burrow back just on this team, <laughs> would you take Would you take LSU for the win? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good stuff, good stuff. But guys, that is Brandon's gambling corner. Listen, that is a wrap on this episode. Man, we appreciate all y'all listening, man. We constantly giving y'all college football content, man. It's been an amazing season. We appreciate all y'all tuning in. Keep spreading the word, man. Listens are go listens listens are going up. Social media is going up. YouTube's going up. All that good stuff. So we appreciate all y'all. We couldn't do it without y'all. But listen, Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods, Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod, um, man, website thebluebloodspod.com. Subscribe, like, download, all that good stuff wherever you listen, man. We appreciate all y'all. We'll be back Monday with a recap, man. And listen, I'm really worried. Brandon's really worried. We know there's going to be upsets. We tried our best to predict them, even though I picked all favorites for some god awful reason. Thanks. But it's going to be a bad weekend for your boy. No Auburn football is canceled. No LSU football is canceled. Brandon's going to be Masters. watching the Masters. Brandon's going to be watching golf. Your boy will be doing some football research for y'all, but we will be back Monday. So until then, guys, we out. Mm-hmm.